Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So I guess it goes without saying to me, but I am a lawyer. (laughs) I'm licensed in Pennsylvania. Uh, I'd like to tell you on this and many occasions that this is not legal advice. Please seek a lawyer if you have a legal question. Um, Please don't rely upon my advice. I am telling you what my practice is like and how I think about things, but it is not legal advice for your particular situation. So anyway, this uh, week I'm trying to do medical malpractice uh, discussions for you and some of the issues and cases that come up. How do you know if you have a medical malpractice case? Well, oftentimes there was an unexpected occurrence. So, you know, in the surgical cases or death cases, there's an unexpected occurrence, whether someone dies unexpectedly or um, these days there's a trend in risk management, which are the people who try and fend off medical malpractice cases in the hospital system there's a trend towards doctors apologizing to patients because they found that many medical malpractice situations or claims could be avoided if the doctor would just come out and say, hey, I'm sorry, there was this error that was made, but we tried to fix it, so on and so forth. So now it's a pretty good bet on your part that if a doctor comes out to you or your family and says, I'm really sorry, this following, you know, thing happened and we tried to fix it, you could be pretty sure that at the very least something unexpected happened. Does that mean you have a case? Maybe, maybe not. But you can be sure they're not just coming out to say, I'm sorry, um, out of the goodness of their heart. They're coming out to say, I'm sorry, because risk management has told them so, and risk management has told them and trained them that At the very least, if you show some human kindness to your patient's family, they might not sue your ass. So uh, that's why someone is saying you're sorry to you in the healthcare provider situation. Um, They might be genuinely sorry. I don't know. But it should be a trigger or something to listen for when you're going over what happened to your family member. So, you know... uh, Certainly things that go wrong during surgery producing death, people oftentimes, a lot of cases come out of the ER because, you know, essentially the emergency department or the emergency room in a hospital, their primary job is not to treat you as a patient for whatever you should decide you've got to go to the hospital for. They're primary job is to make a decision as emergency trained physicians whether you need to be admitted to the hospital or not. Now it may be more complicated. There may be a life-threatening situation where you've been shot and you need surgery or you've been in a car crash and your ankle needs to be, you know, surgically fixed or something like that. Those Those are sometimes the easier judgments that emergency doctors make. But a lot of times, if you show up at the ER and you feel like crap, 
but you don't know exactly why, it's hard for the ER doc because you're coming in off the street. You may not be, you know, in their system as a patient, and you may just feel terrible like you've never felt before. And the ER doc's got to make a decision. You know, is this a patient who's got signs or symptoms or, you know, readings that mean they should be admitted to the hospital? Are they so in such severe distress that they need to be admitted to the hospital to be closely monitored? Or are they free to go home and, and should be just, you know, have some pain meds or this or that and follow up with their doctor in the morning? That's it. They're really not there to take care of you, you know, if you don't feel well and, you know, you've got the flu. Um, but if you have flu-like symptoms and you're having a stroke, it's the doctor's job to try and rule out, you know, cough, cold, flu, nausea, vomiting, drunkenness, and figure out that you're having stroke symptoms. Now, it's not an easy job by any means, but there are protocols they have to follow just like anybody else, and there's a fair amount of judgment there as to what was going on. But in the ER context, a lot of medical malpractice cases come where the ER doc makes the wrong judgment and discharges someone who then goes and has a heart attack or a stroke or dies at home or something like that, or just comes back in in severe distress. A lot of times people are discharged, they have a stroke, um, and then they come back to the ER, and then you've got two ER admissions within 12 hours of each other, which is a, you know, red flag. So anytime you see two ER visits within, I'd say, 24 hours, that's a red flag for medical malpractice. Anytime you see two surgeries within 30 days, the surgeons consider that a red flag for, you know, something went wrong during surgery. So, you know, those are things to watch out for. I'll go through in more detail some of the more, you know, serious ER cases that you'll see. But, you know, I'll tell you that I've seen uh, people in various cases, I've seen people over-medicated for sickle cell anemia and then they die at home because they've been given too much medication. I've seen cases where people are not feeling right, not feeling themselves, and they're discharged and then they have a stroke um, either at home or, or at another location, and they come back and they're you know, going to spend the rest of their life in stroke situation or locked in. Um, you know, what, what was the doctor supposed to do in the sickle cell situation? Well, the treatment for sickle cell is mostly supportive care. That means we give pain management, and but we don't admit them to the hospital generally. Why? Because they're not emergency. But if you over-medicate the person or the person has a constant level of... Um, pain meds in their body, you can, you know, basically depress their breathing. And if you actually stop breathing, you're, you're not going to be with us anymore. So that's, you know, one area. If in the stroke situation, well, what's the doctor to do? The, the person didn't have a stroke or wasn't having a stroke at the ER, but, you know, maybe they were presenting with some facial drooping or they were describing numbness or tingling or weren't able to walk well. Um, you know, or maybe they look totally fine and it was totally appropriate for them to be discharged. Then they had a stroke that couldn't have been 
um, expected. Those are the sort of judgments that ER docs make. They are not easy judgments, but they're trained to make the right judgment. And when they make the wrong judgment, you know, we got to look at them because, you know, someone who's in a stroke situation for the rest of their life um, has every right to be asking questions about why this wasn't caught. Now, the interesting thing in a lot of the med mal situations is the following. Let's say the doctor did catch the stroke in its early stages. What could he have done? Was there a way to prevent it? Can the doctor argue that, well, even if I had caught it and there was no reason I should have caught it, there's nothing that we can currently do in modern medicine to stop that situation? Now, that's going to be a source of argument among lawyers and doctors and experts, but, you know, the doctor's not so wrong. It's, uh, we, we don't have a lot of um, good evidentiary details on what to do. We have a lot of stroke centers, and we have medications that we can try. Uh, we can bring your blood pressure down. We can give you something called, you know, thrombolytics. We can do a lot of things, but... Um, you know, mostly, most of the stroke situations are, um, the result of clots and, you know, there are things we can do, but they're not great. We don't have a magic bullet to stop a stroke, even when we diagnose it. So that's an argument in a lot of cases. Um, you know, and the other big one that I'll talk about another day is, is a person's seen described as having the flu by the doctor leaves and has a heart attack. And I'll leave it at that, and that will be tomorrow's project, is talking about failure to diagnose heart attacks at the ER and other situations. All right, that's enough for today on medical malpractice. I'm Andrew Newworth. This has been Ask Andy. I hold people accountable. <laughs>